If you're tired of these promos, supporters get the podcast early and ad-free. Just go to donate.bogosity.tv for the links to sign up. Welcome to the Bogosity Podcast for the week of October 3rd, 2021. The podcast that invented the Marcel Marceau voice synthesizer. This is your host, Shane Killian. Let's adumbrate the news of the bogus. So recently, a lot of information has come out about the CIA's plot to kidnap or even kill Julian Assange as he was holed up in the Ecuadorian embassy in London, according to former national security officials. The 2017 plot got at least as far as sketches and occurred at the highest levels of the Trump administration. The plans also included spying on WikiLeaks associates, sowing discord among its members, and stealing their electronics devices. It all appears to have happened in the wake of the publication of the CIA's Vault 7 leaks, information about their most sensitive hacking tools, some of which we covered on this podcast, and which the agency concluded was the largest data loss in CIA history. Behind all this was CIA Director Mike Pompeo, along with top CIA leaders who were, according to the official, quote, completely detached from reality because they were so embarrassed about Vault 7. They were seeing blood. Pompeo stated publicly, quote, WikiLeaks walks like a hostile intelligence service and talks like a hostile intelligence service and has encouraged its followers to find jobs at the CIA in order to obtain intelligence. It's time to call out WikiLeaks for what it really is, a non-state hostile intelligence service often abetted by state actors like Russia. According to the official, they knew perfectly well that WikiLeaks wasn't acting on behalf of Russia, so they had to brand them a hostile entity in more general terms. In fact, a Yahoo News investigation interviewed more than 30 former U.S. officials who described how the CIA monitored communications and movements of WikiLeaks personnel, spied on Assange himself, and planned to abduct or even assassinate Assange. Assange's U.S. lawyer Barry Pollock said, quote, As an American citizen, I find it absolutely outrageous that our government would be contemplating kidnapping or assassinating somebody without any judicial process simply because he had published truthful information. The abduction and assassination of Assange was apparently vetoed by the White House, with some alerting the House and Senate Intelligence Committee members. A Trump official said, quote, There were serious intel oversight concerns that were being raised through this escapade. Even the Russians and the Brits got into it. The official said, quote, It was beyond comical. It got to the point where every human being in a three-block radius was working for one of the intelligence services, whether they were street sweepers, or police officers, or security guards. In addition to Assange, they also sought to have Glenn Greenwald and Laura Poitras classified as information brokers rather than journalists. In response to this story, Pompeo called for the criminal prosecution of the sources who spoke to Yahoo News. He refused to deny any of the facts alleged and even said, quote, Pieces of it are true. Pollock said in response, quote, I find it highly disturbing that his reaction is to try to prevent information about misconduct from being known by the American people. According to Niels Meltzner, the United Nations Special Rapporteur on Torture, quote, This is not about the law. It is about intimidating journalism. It's about suppressing press freedom. It's about protecting immunity for state officials. 
And I would encourage journalists from all media outlets to look deeply into this case, assemble all the evidence, and expose misconduct, because the public deserves to know the truth. Meanwhile, Assange continues to be held in the maximum security Belmarsh Prison in the UK, despite prevailing in his extradition case earlier this year, as Biden administration officials continue to pursue other avenues for his extradition. Pollock said, quote, My hope and expectation is that the UK courts will consider this information and it will further bolster its decision not to extradite to the U.S. If you're looking for a way to support this channel, but you don't have any spare cash and you can't stand ads, you can do so by generating your own cryptocurrency. Use the links at the bottom of the description to follow the link to odyssey.com to listen to the podcast and see all of my YouTube videos as well. Just watching videos will produce cryptocurrency for the creator and yourself. And since Odyssey is always monetized and never censored, you'll have no problem seeing all the videos from your favorite creators. You can also use the library credits you created Odyssey to tip creators and even purchase paid content. Earn library credits through various rewards, including daily view rewards and the number of shares and invites. And you can interact with creators in all sorts of ways, including like and dislike, comment, boost a post by supporting it, repost it, and share to other sites, all while earning crypto for the creator. Easily monetize yourself and your favorite creators using cryptocurrency without advertising. Use the link below to visit this channel on odyssey.com and see many of your other favorites there as well. So the Maricopa County, Arizona audit of their 2016 election procedures has concluded. But although it's big news, it's difficult to find accurate news. The Breitbart link in the show notes is probably the best single source I found, but the only way to get to anything approaching the truth is to dive into about a hundred different news sources, way too many to list. Maricopa County is the most populous county in Arizona, home to over 4.4 million of the state's 7 million residents. So it's significant in a state where the results of the 2020 presidential election were very close, representing 2.1 million of the state's 3.4 million votes. Of those 2.1 million, 1.9 million were early votes, either cast by mail or placed in drop boxes. So the first part of the audit was a hand recount. There was very little difference between the results of the hand recount and the initial canvas. In fact, Biden gained slightly. The recount added 99 votes to Biden's total while losing 261 from Trump's. This is what most of the news media went saying, see, there was nothing after all and weren't all those crazy pro-Trump conspiracy theorists just so stupid like we said. But the audit is a lot more than just a recount. While the hand recount confirmed that the machine count was accurate, it didn't answer the question of how many of those ballots that were being counted were properly cast to begin with. That was the function of the rest of it, which looked at voter history, paper ballots, voting machines, and the certified results. And the rest of it concluded that the election system itself is very insecure, with some 49,000 votes determined to be invalid in a state where just 10,457 votes separated Trump and Biden. This included votes from people who no longer lived at the address where the mail-in ballot was sent, Ballots that were returned by voters without being received in the voter history phase, 
voters who voted in multiple counties, a greater number of ballots cast than the list of people who show as having cast a vote, duplicate ballots, ballots from people who had moved out of the county, votes from people who had moved out of the state, and a greater number of votes counted than the number of voters who voted. A separate report found numerous problems with the signature verification system, including counting as valid signatures that were just scribbles, and even ones where the signatures were left blank. A third report on cybersecurity found that Maricopa County failed to properly patch its machines and update antivirus definitions, and even, get this, deleted logs on voting machines. That last issue has been referred to the state attorney general for potential criminal investigation. Although the AG, Mark Burnovich, is running for Senate next year, so my suspicion? Don't expect a lot of action there. And a running theme throughout each of the reports is that Maricopa County refused to cooperate with the audit every step of the way. It would be incorrect to say that the recount proves that Biden really won given the problems with the audit. But it would also be incorrect to say that Trump really won because there's no way to know how many of those 49,000 votes would have flipped and in which way. The purpose of the audit wasn't to determine who won, but to determine how reliable the election process is. Turns out, not very. If you're on the Wi-Fi in a coffee shop or hotel, anyone on that network can get your traffic. Do you really trust all of those strangers? For that matter, do you really trust your ISP? A VPN can protect you from prying eyes, disguise your location, and even foil government censors. It's essential in this day and age. So go to vpn.pagosity.tv and you'll be taken to BoxPN. Starting at just $2.99 a month, you can get unlimited high-speed connections to VPN servers all over the world. And they don't log connections, so your privacy is assured. Traveling abroad, just VPN home. And don't worry about what those other governments are doing. Back at home, stop your ISP from traffic shaping and messing with the quality internet access you're paying good money for. You can connect from multiple machines at once, including your smartphone or tablet, and it supports all the secure standards, including OpenVPN and SSTP. Bypass sensors and surveillance with your own secure VPN connection. Go to vpn.pagosity.tv. So whatever influence the apartheid state of Israel may have over in the Middle East, it's disturbing when its reach comes over to my home state. But they were able to get a teacher at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill removed on accusations of anti-Semitism to stop her from teaching a course on the Israel-Palestine conflict. Israeli consular officials actually met with the dean of UNC, according to two UNC professors who spoke with The Intercept under a condition of anonymity for fear of retribution. Their evidence was that the teacher, graduate student Kylie Broderick, had made posts on social media criticizing Israel. They claimed that the posts were evidence of anti-Semitism, but could provide nothing to back that up. In addition, the school also faced pressure from Democratic Congress critter Kathy Manning. Broderick said, quote, A critique of Israel and the political ideology of Zionism does not constitute bigotry any more than a critique of Iran, which calls itself an Islamic republic, constitutes an Islamophobic attack. States are not religions, nor are states a people. It is not a new phenomenon where outside parties have tried to stifle academic freedom on this subject. But these people have never seen me teach, 
never seen my past evaluations which have said I treat students fairly, and thus have no right to dictate what I say inside the classroom. I think that a representative of a foreign government attempting to police an academic class is, in the first place, ridiculous and an obvious overreaction to what is essentially an issue that started on Twitter. I also think it is strange that the Israeli Consulate General was granted an audience. If this was a class on Hungary or Australia, would the university have permitted the attempted interference of a foreign government? The fact that this meeting happened at all is clearly a threat to academic freedom. Israeli Consul General Anat Sultan Dadan confirmed the meeting and doubled down on the accusation, quote, Regarding the matter of the course, the conflict over Israel-Palestine at UNC Chapel Hill, taught by Ph.D. student Ms. Broderick, I do have significant concerns regarding public statements that have been made by Ms. Broderick on this subject matter, some of which are not only heavily biased, but fall clearly under what is defined as anti-Semitic by the IHRA Working Definition of Anti-Semitism. That working definition has been heavily contested by academics, including at the University College London. Sultan Dadan continued, quote, I think it should be of concern to anyone who stands against anti-Semitism and for academic freedom that an individual who has not only made public anti-Semitic statements in reference to Israel and the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, but also publicly stated that she does not believe there are two sides to this conflict and does not want to teach her students both sides, is the selected teacher for a course on the conflict over Israel-Palestine. To summarize, she criticized us and our fifis got herded. Georgetown University professor Jonathan Brown said, quote, Academic courses all over the U.S. have been taught for a long time with a massive bias in favor of Israel. And if people in a classroom or faculty are pro-Israel, they should be allowed to make that argument. But what all this outside pressure on academics is trying to do is prevent the same from happening from the Palestinian perspective. There are fundamental questions at stake here about academic freedom and whether academics are expected to teach according to donor or even foreign government preferences. We're told we need publicly funded universities because we need institutions that stand for free speech and the freedom to study and examine any academic position. Yeah, just let us know when that starts happening. Do you have children or nieces or nephews? Are you homeschooling or just want to counter some of the socialist indoctrination most children get in school? If so, go to bogosity.tv slash Tuttle Twins and you'll be taken to a website where you can get some great books for elementary age children. The Tuttle Twins books are books about liberty and free market economics that include children's versions of Bastiat's The Law, Leonard Reed's I Pencil, and Hayek's The Road to Serfdom, as well as books about the Federal Reserve and how regulations protect business cronies. They'll learn about the harm caused by eminent domain or regulations passed in the name of safety and fundamental concepts of liberty. And as you can see from the sample pages on the website, they're all easy to read and nicely illustrated. They're just $9.99 a piece, or get a special discount as well as free bonuses when you purchase all five. You can even buy in bulk to donate to schools and local libraries. So get the Tuttle Twins books at bogosity.tv slash Tuttle Twins. And now it's time to soberize this week's Biggest Bogani Emitter. And this week it goes to the RIAA for more bogosity in their continuing cases against Cox Cable and now Charter. 
Previously, the courts ruled that Cox should pay $1 billion in damages due to alleged but unproven piracy by their users. And people wonder why internet access rates are going up. But now, the case they have against Charter shows that they actually lied about the evidence they used against Cox. Charter's case is similar to Cox's. Both ISPs have been accused of failing to permanently disconnect subscribers because content companies assert, without evidence, that they're infringing on copyrights. In both cases, the copyright notices were sent by Mark Monitor to determine which pirated files were being shared through BitTorrent. To confirm the pirated files, they were downloaded and verified by fingerprinting technology. During the Cox trial, music companies submitted as evidence a hard drive containing the songs that were supposedly pirated between 2012 and 2014. But the drive itself wasn't created until 2016. So the music companies said, Oh, the drive might have been created in 2016, but the files are totes original! You can trust us, would we lie to you? But based on the evidence submitted in the Charter case, it appears that the hard drive files were later reconstructions, not contemporaneously downloaded files. According to Cox, quote, Discovery in this action has revealed a strong likelihood that plaintiffs in Cox concealed materials and information that would have demonstrated that all the files on the hard drive were downloaded in 2016, and not as contemporaneous verification of alleged infringement before the notices were sent between 2012 and 2014. If true, that's not only a massive violation of discovery rules, but arguably perjury as well. Cox, separately from its own appeal, is now asking permission to intervene in the Charter lawsuit so it can obtain the required information. They plan to use it in a motion under Federal Rule of Civil Procedure 60b-3 where it will ask the court to vacate the $1 billion damages award. Kudos to Cox for continuing the fight. So all of that makes the RIAA this week's Biggest Bogan Emitter. I want to tell you about the eyeglasses I've been wearing for years. As people can see on my videos, I have a very strong prescription, which makes glasses more expensive, especially when I need computer glasses, reading glasses, prescription sunglasses, and most expensively, progressive lenses for general everyday wear. To save money while still getting quality glasses, I get them from Fermu. In fact, I just got a pair of progressives with high-index aspherical lenses and a nice pair of frames my wife loves for just over $100. It would have been $500 to get them through my eye doctor. Not only do they look good, the glasses are durable. I've worn many pairs for several years without problems. All orders come with a 30-day return policy, a 3-month warranty, and one-on-one -on -one customer service. Go to Firmu, that's F-I-R-M-O-O dot Bogosity dot TV, anytime you need quality glasses at a low price. Once again, that's Firmu dot Bogosity dot TV. And now let's randomize this week's... Idiot And this week it goes to the American Federation of Teachers with a brickbat to the CDC. Last May, the CDC said that it was unnecessary for vaccinated Americans to wear masks. They should have included COVID survivors with natural immunity, but anyway. The guidance said, quote, 
The guidance is intended to help administrators and local health officials select appropriate, layered prevention strategies and understand how to safely transition learning environments out of COVID-19 pandemic precautions as community transmission of COVID-19 reaches low levels or stops. Recently, they backed out of that guidance, and now we know why. And it has nothing to do with science. The updated CDC guidance calls for universal indoor masking for students, teachers, staff, and visitors for all K-12 schools, regardless of vaccination status. It wasn't because of any new data. It wasn't because of the Delta and Lambda variants which are covered by the vaccines. It's because of lobbying from the American Federation of Teachers. They even suggested the language for the new guidance. We know this because of a number of emails that have been obtained by Americans for Public Trust as the result of a FOIA request. According to Caitlin Sutherland, Executive Director of Americans for Public Trust, quote, This batch of emails came just weeks after we already exposed the teachers' unions influenced the CDC on school openings. Lo and behold, less than two weeks later, they're at it again, but this time in relation to mass guidance. Earlier this year, the Watchdog Group had obtained emails between the unions and the Biden White House on school reopenings, with the AFT once again providing language that was adopted nearly verbatim. But this actually goes against what the science has found. For example, 90,000 elementary students in 169 Georgia schools found that there was no statistically significant difference in the spread of COVID among schools that required masks and schools where they were optional. A link to the trove of emails is in the show notes. It also includes, among other things, a memo to CDC Director Rochelle Walensky from the Subcommittees on Energy and Commerce, Oversight and Investigations, and Health, which opens, Recently disclosed emails that reveals the CDC partnership with the American Federation of Teachers and involvement from the NEA on CDC's operational strategy for reopening schools raise significant concerns about whether you, as the director of the CDC, are putting politics over science and Biden-Harris campaign donors over children. Such revelations also raise serious questions as to whether you are honoring your pledge to ensure CDC guidance is evidence-based and free from politics. And it's hardly the only one. I guess when the CDC and others on the left said, follow the science, they were referring to political science. The AFT does not care about children. They only care about politics and their political cronies. So all of that makes the American Federation of Teachers this week's Idiot Extraordinary. Well, that wraps up this Sleep Gives You Cancer, Everyone Knows That, edition of the Bogosity Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please go to donate.bogosity.tv for several ways to support and discord.bogosity.tv to join the discussion. Subscribe at Patreon or Subscribestar, and you can listen early and ad-free. Thank you for listening. My niece is getting married next week, so there won't be a podcast. We'll see you in two weeks. Until then, here's a quote from H.L. Mencken. The most dangerous man to any government is the man who is able to think things out for himself, without regard to the prevailing superstitions and taboos. Almost inevitably, he comes to the conclusion that the government he lives under is dishonest, insane, and intolerable. And so, if he is romantic, 
he tries to change it. And even if he is not romantic personally, he is very apt to spread discontent among those who are. The Bogosity Podcast is licensed under Creative Commons Attribution on Commercial No Derivatives 4.0 International License. Bogosity. We live in a world where light bulbs connect to the internet, and recent attacks on them prove that your online security is under threat like never before. Not only your websites, but the internet-enabled devices you buy. And the biggest problem is weak passwords. That's why you need LastPass. LastPass allows you to randomly generate strong, unique passwords on the web and on your internet-enabled devices, all protected by one master password. LastPass sets up in minutes and gives you secure automatic logins throughout the web, synchronizing across all your browsers, all your computers, and even your mobile devices, at home, at work, or on the road. It even securely stores sensitive form data, including credit card numbers, backup sensitive documents, software licenses, Wi-Fi logins, and more. And with LastPass Premium, you can get these benefits on other applications, manage passwords for your entire family, and also get priority customer support. Sign up at password.bogosity.tv for a free month of LastPass Premium. Log in securely everywhere using the last password you'll ever have to remember. Go to password.bogosity.tv and get LastPass now.